Howdy, y'all. How's it going? Um, welcome to Majesty Over Myth. Uh, I'm your host, Bailey Anderson. Um, and with me is one of my boys, Drew Hawkins. How's it going, Drew? What's up, guys? It's your boy. It's your co-host, Drew, here. Let's go. I'm ready to get it. Let's go, boy. So, um, before we jump into things, uh, I just kind of wanted to take a bit of time and explain why uh, we decided to make the podcast and um, just kind of give you guys a little bit of insight into that. Um, And so, you know, Drew and I were thinking and, you know, we're roommates and stuff. And so we have a lot of deep, deep conversations about uh, just Christianity in general and just kind of things relating to it. And, uh, you know, we, we were kind of thinking like, why not record it? Um, why not, uh, just let others kind of listen in, um, to, to the conversation and kind of be the fly on the wall, uh, per se, and, you know, just be a part of the conversation as well. Um, you know, it, I think it's very, um, cool to know that, you know, although you're not in the room, you can still listen to us and and be part of the conversation. Um, And yeah, I mean, that's, that's a little bit of uh, the reasoning behind why we made the podcast. Um, And then you also might think, why, why pick Majesty Over Myth as the name of uh, the podcast? Um, And I'm, I'm not going to lie to you guys. I'm, I'm really bad at naming things. And so, uh, Drew actually came up with, with the name. Uh, so Drew, um, why, why did you pick Majesty over myth? Yeah, absolutely. Bailey, uh, Bailey, um, basically since, you know, you come up with some very weird names for things, I knew that I needed to take over finding the junk. (laughs) So if you guys know a little bit about me, um, I love to sing in the shower, um, even though oh my gosh. I'm terrific at singing. I mean, I'm not about to win American Idol anytime soon, but that's I. So I'm singing in the shower and I'm like, okay, I wonder what would be a good name for a podcast. And I'm like, maybe two bros and a book or two boys and a Bible. No, no, no. I need something deeper, something better. And then it hit me, majesty over myth. Um, Majesty of a Miss, and, and where I where this sort of comes from um, is the book Second Peter in the New Testament, um, and in chapter two, verse sixteen of Second Peter, it tells us, "For we did not follow cleverly devised myths when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we were eyewitnesses of His Majesty." So there you have it right there, majesty over myths. And that's sort of a little bit about the name and where I got it from. I like it. I like it, man. Um, so, so Drew, they, they know a little bit about the podcast, but they've yet to, to learn uh, much information about us. Um, so why don't you take uh, a, a bit um, to, to just kind of tell them a little bit about yourself? Yep, yep, you got it. So, all right, so let's let's see, where do I start? Um, I am a junior at Georgia Southern University. I am a philosophy major with an emphasis in religious studies. I love all things religion. I love to study religion. I love to study why people believe what they believe um, and sort of how that impacts their lives. Um, because I think that within religion are the most important questions that we ask ourselves in life. Um, and I just love to know, um, some of these answers. And so I guess a little more about me. Um, I love the adventure. I love people. I love new things. I love new foods. I love to hike. Um, I like to run a little bit, even though I'm not great at it. Um, oh, and I have like a gigantic curly headed Afro. I mean, it's not necessarily full on Bob Ross and junk like that, but bro, this, this sucker, this sucker is really big. Um, if you guys know me, you it's whack. <laughs> it's whack. Absolutely. It's whack looking. Um, so a little more about me. I, as a freshman in college, um, just a couple of years ago, I, at the end of the year, towards the summer, I went through a couple weeks, a span of about two or three weeks of just a really hard time. 
um, some things that happened within my own family um, and just sort of that happened from my own actions and the consequences for those actions. Um, and so during that time, I was really questioning, okay, so who, who am I? What does it mean to be Drew? Um, and I wasn't finding that answer in the world. And it was during that time that I knew the only way I would know who, what it means to be me and what it means to be human in general was in Jesus Christ, um, was in God. And so, um, by God's grace, he convicted me of my sin and I saw how imperfect I was and how much I needed him. Um, and so I ultimately gave my life to Christ in that moment. My heart was forever changed for things of him and what he says, um, and what he commands me to do. And so that's kind of a little bit about me. Um, but yeah, Bailey, what you got? Yeah, I mean, that's that's really good. I don't know if I'll be able to top that. Um, but <laughs> my name is Bailey Anderson. Uh, I'm going into my junior year at Georgia Southern. Um, I'm an exercise science major, and I, I love it. Um, I love learning about the human body and just uh, the complexity of movement and uh, just our bodies in general. Um, it's really fascinating. Uh, at least to me, um, and you know, I, I really uh, kind of I'm 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 a weird person. Uh, I'm I'm spontaneous, <laughs> but I plan everything. Like I, I if there's something going on that day that isn't planned, like I it, it hurts. Like it physically hurts because it's like, dude, I really want to go to that, but I didn't <laughs> plan it, and so it's it's just really weird. Um, you know, I'm, weird. I'm a weird person, uh, and you guys will probably find... Weird is a good I'm word sorry? to describe it as. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, um, you know, what are you <laughs> going to do? So, <laughs> but, um, you know, I just, I've always kind of had a sense of, like, I guess, control um, until I lost it all um, over over the span of, it, it really started um, my junior year, uh, whenever my parents got a divorce, and, you know, I, I always looked at their, their relationship and their marriage as something that is very strong, and, and obviously that didn't work out, so that kind of uh, wrecked me, and, um, and then the year later, my senior year, uh, I'm, I'm really big into sports, and, and I severed my ACL, and I, I really damaged my knee um, wrestling, and uh, I, I wasn't able to wrestle, and, um, you know, just so many things um, just slowly were being ripped away from me, and, and things that I, weren't, I wasn't able to control, um, and it really, uh, it, one of the last things um, that was kind of the final straw for me to be like, okay, like this is really God working in my life was um, just an event that took place. And, and it was, uh, I could talk all day about it, but after it ended, uh, my mom and I were in the car and she said, there's, there's no other explanation than God. And, and she was right. I, I always knew that God was real, uh, but I, I, I looked at him as, somebody that didn't really care about what was going on in, on, in the road and stuff. And so, um, you know, all of this happened. It's just like, wow, I do not have control over my life. Um, and, you know, a lot of stuff happened, but that's kind of the, the summary of my, my life, I guess. <laughs> but um, I know it's very interesting, you know, because <laughs> I'm a very interesting person. Oh, okay. And, you know, that's sarcasm, <laughs> by the way. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, so, you know, uh, enough about us. Um, you know, I think that uh, before we really start getting into really the deep, deep things about the Bible, we first have to establish uh, the, the truth that it is, it is real. Um, and, and one of those ways in doing so is, by establishing the fact that uh, connect sucks, 
but one of those ways is by establishing that um, God is real. Because if there is not a God, then the Bible does not, it doesn't hold any authority over our lives. And we could just go living on as, uh, it, it, as, it, as if it doesn't exist. Um, and so kind of what we are going to be going over uh, in this podcast is, um, does God exist? Um, and then the, the following one is going to be, okay, well, if God exists, why should we care? Um, because I, I think that if we do not have that foundation, then none of it, none of the other stuff matters. Um, and so kind of, we're going to kind of be going over this uh, in, in two different ways. Um, the first is kind of using logic um, and, and kind of thinking deeply about things. And then the, the second one is using scripture from the Bible that, that points to God's existence. Um, and yeah. so, you know, I, I guess uh, we could just start off by, uh, Drew, I, I know that you might have a question or two. Of Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I think, um, you know, since we live on a college campus, Bailey, I, I, obviously we both know that there are many questions that come up um, from many different people, multiple um, religions and, and, and ethnicities and cultures they come from all over the world um, and they all have these sort of deep questions about the meaning of life and, and why they're here and, and is there more and things like this. Um, and so I think a good question um, that I always hear students ask on our campus uh, is what about the Big Bang Theory? Um, wh why can't I believe the Big Bang Theory? Isn't there evidence for it? How, how would you respond to that? Yeah, that's a great question, and I mean, I, I hear it a lot, um, and I think there's two big things that I would say to that, and the first is uh, that we have to establish that there is um, objective truth, which means that there is there are statements that I can say that are true, and they cannot be really, I guess, uh, like just changed. changed. Who yeah. is like that? Yeah. So, I mean, you know, an example that I like to use is we're both college students. Um, and if I go into a math class, which, by the way, I hate math. Um, <laughs> if I go into a math class and I do bad on a test and I go in there saying, you know, hey, you cannot count me wrong on this question. And the, the teacher's like, why? You got it wrong. And I was like, no, this is my truth. This, this answer, 2 plus 2 equals 6 for me. This is my truth, and you cannot count me wrong. She would laugh at me. Like, it, it's, it would be a joke almost to her. Um, and in the same way, we have to establish that there, there are certain statements that I can make that apply not only to my life, but to your life and everybody around me. Um, and so I think that first by establishing that, um, I, I think that's a good way to start. Um, and then the second one is, to me, to me the Big Bang Theory doesn't really make sense. Because mm -hmm. if, we, if we think, um, it, their, their whole idea around it is that there's particles I mean, I'm no expert in the Big Bang Theory, but the general basis of what I, I think it is, is uh, there's particles that, that existed before the creation of the world, and yeah. those particles collided together, and they caused an explosion that created the world, and so basically we, we are created by chance, um, and to that I would say there has to be something that would have created those particles um, because we see all over science, like particles cannot be just randomly created. Um, and something has to create those particles um, for, for them to exist. It's kind of like a, a set of dominoes. Like if they're all lined up and stuff, like the first domino does not fall over 
unless it is, you know, touched or pushed down or whatever. And in the same way, those particles cannot be created and the, the world cannot happen. And, you know, just all of that stuff, unless there is something that first, uh, that first does it, uh, that first it, it exists before it. And uh, Ravi Zacharias, who passed away um, a bit ago, a, a few days ago, um, he, he says, you know, there's an uncaused cause. And basically what that means is, you know, there has to be something first that uh, the world or whatever it is. Um, and so I like to think of, you know, creation, looking at it, uh, kind of like Ray Comfort does. Uh, and he, he, he paints a, a good picture in my mind. And, and I learned through examples. Um, I learned really good through, you know, just thinking it out logically in, in the world around huh. us. And so he, he says, you know, look at, look at a building and, and you see through the building, like by it being there, that somebody has built it. You might not see the, the builder right there next to it, but you know that somebody's built it just because it is there. And in the same way, I mean, you, you could look in the mirror, you could look at your body and, you know, I, I find it very fascinating in how complex our bodies are. If you look in the mirror and look at your body, like it is so complex that there has to be an intelligent maker. There has to be something that created us and knew that he's creating us. We, we did not happen by chance. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's really cool, but it's kind of nerdy. Um, so for a second, uh, let me just demonstrate to you the complexity of our body. And it's really simple too. Um, so if you're, if you're sitting down or laying down, just like fully extend your, your leg. Um, and you can, if you notice, if you pinch your, your kneecap, you can, you can feel it. You can kind of move it around and stuff like it's there. But if you bend your knee, you can no longer keep it pinched. You, you can no longer move it around. And, and I never knew that. Like it, it, there's a space that our kneecap goes into um, to allow us to walk and bend our knees and stuff. And it, it's just amazing. And, and we are so blind to it. Um, and, and you guys might think I'm nerdy and stuff, but like there's small, there's, it's so small, but yet so sophisticated because it's like, how, how can something that created, like if we were to be created by chance, like how would that happen? Hmm. Like there's, there's absolutely no way in my mind that if we are created by chance, like that would happen. And so that's kind of what I would say um, to, to somebody asking about kind of the Big Bang Theory or just questioning the existence of God. Um, because, you know, look around, even even at nature. Like, I'm, I'm a big mountains guy like Drew, and um, I just love being outdoors. And it's, it's just like you see mountains and, and your breath is taken away. And in those moments you pretty much have to face the reality that like, wow, like there is something so much bigger than just me. Like there, there's so much out there that is like bigger than me. And, and something intelligent had to have created this world. Huh. Like, and you know, I mean, that's kind of what I would that's... say. Uh, I can kind of go off on a ton of tangents and stuff that, um, you know, Thank you. Thank you for answering that. I feel like that is one question I, I, you and I both always hear, um, even just walking down on a college campus and when we go into classrooms and sort of hear from professors and stuff like that. Um, it, we definitely live in this, you know, sort of postmodern, modern, individualistic sort of mindset where um, students definitely like to think like this. Um, I really... I really like what you had to say about chance. Um, and, I, and I think the reason that is, is because, you know, like you were saying about Ravi Zacharias, 
many philosophers mm -hmm. uh, agree, and, and there are many books written on the, the definition and the understanding of what chance is. And what you'll hear from, you know, atheistic um, evolutionists when it comes to the existence of God or when it comes to things like the Big Bang Theory um, is that time plus matter plus chance has come to equal you and I. So that kneecap you were talking about earlier, how we have, you know, we extend our legs and, and our kneecaps fit so perfectly within our leg that it's almost like, wait, what? Like every single part of my leg, both the, the almost infinitely small and the, the, the things we're able to see, they all work together for me to be able to walk. That's amazing. That didn't just, yeah. that didn't just happen by chance. Um, and so I, I think sort of like when thinking about that is understanding that chance doesn't really have a definition. I, I mean, there are many books written on this, like I just said, but for the most part, you can flip a quarter nine out of 10 times, right? And, and you're only going to, you're going to land on heads or tails the 10th time, you're going to have a 50-50 chance. Like it doesn't change just because you've done it nine times. The 10th time is going to be the same chance as the first time. I mean, as Ravi Zacharias says, you, you can't look out the window and be like, oh, there goes chance. You know, you, you can't give him flip-flops and a t-shirt and sunglasses and, and, and give him a body. That's, that's not what chance is. It, frankly, chance is, as Socrates would say, um, what rocks dream about. It's nothing. And that's what rocks dream about is nothing. Um, and so this idea that time plus matter plus chance has come to equal you and I, Bailey, I think it's just, it's just silly um, because time is always changing and matter is just this, you know, particles put together um, and then chance, if we claim this to be nothing, has all formed to make you and me. To, to make that sort of statement would to be making assertion that of which you would have to have been there to see it, first of all, but also an assertion that you can't really make because that's making an absolute statement. And like you said about sort of this absolute objective truth is you can't make an absolute statement about time plus matter plus chance equaling you and I in our mind because that is an absolute statement. And so it's, it just brings into question this sort of paradox of like, all right, well, you know, I wasn't there. I, I didn't see the creation. How do I know that this isn't right, that this is wrong? And that's what obviously you and I believe is that this is wrong and that there is a better evidence for the creation of the universe and you and I. Um, I, I sort of wanted to go into, um, I think, two sort of segments of this and, and I'm going to break it down into sort of four different sections. I, I have this like idea of the sort of logical evidence for, uh, for the existence of God that I firmly hold as valid and as true. Um, and many scholars would also hold as valid and true. Um, and so I sort of wanted to go into this. Um, basically I'm going to break it up into two sections for you guys out there. Um, I'm going to break it up into this sort of logical reasoning that scholars give. And then I'm going to also sort of top that off with sort of like this own little thought that I've just had been thinking about and this story that I had to say um, towards the end of this. Um, so I'm going to lay out four different reasons, four different explanations um, for the existence of God um, and why I believe it exists and why scholars believe it exists and why it's perfectly feasible to believe that a God exists who has created everything. Um, and those four uh, traditional proofs are as follows. Um, one, we have the cosmological argument, which all of these, um, especially this one, come from this sort of philosophical assumption of how the world works and then how it was created um, and how we think this could have happened is one, the cosmological argument, which basically, the best way I can describe it is it considers the fact that every known thing in the universe has a cause. So we see this sort of idea that everything in our physical world, as we see it, is always changing. I mean, one minute you see a new skyscraper in New York City, and the next minute a flower 
falls apart and dies and withers to the ground. Um, everything in our physical known world is always changing. And so this idea that everything is changing comes basically from the fact that like, when you look at you and I, Bailey, we have had parents, who, and this is a weird example to give, but our parents created us. And then, you know, Lord willing in the future, when, when we get married, if and when we get married, um, we might be able to have children, hopefully. And this idea that it just goes to the next generation and the next. But where does it all go back to? So since everything in our universe is sort of changing to something, where does this change first start with? What was the first change? Has it always been happening? And I don't, I don't think so. And I'm not in bad company. In fact, many scholars would completely agree that this world is always changing um, and that there had to have been a first cause. Um, and so the cosmological argument basically states that everything goes back to this sort of first cause that caused everything. But the problem is, is that the first cause, it can't be a physical, natural um, sort of action that took place in the physical realm of the universe. It had to have been outside of the physical realm because everything that is happening is, is ultimately physical and something needed to kickstart everything into action um, outside of the physical world we know today as Earth and the universe. Um, and obviously, Bailey, you and I believe that supernatural um, kickstart of the universe to be God when he spoke in Genesis, um, let there be light. Um, and so that's sort of the first cool little argument that I would lay out for you guys. The second one is the teleological argument, which is basically a subcategory of the cosmological argument. Basically, it states that because we see evidence of harmony and order and design in the universe, um, it argues basically that this design gives evidence of an intelligent purpose. I mean, let me give you an example here. Imagine, let's just say you travel to the moon. And you get there and you flew on the rocket ship you've always wanted to fly on as a little kid. And you, you're flying through the sky and through the, and through the stars and you land on the moon and you're just like Neil Armstrong and you take that giant leap for mankind and you're walking across the moon. And then all of a sudden you see in the crust of the moon, you see this sort of like sketch of something. And you're like, what is that? And you, so you go to check it out and you walk over there and in the dirt, in the moon sand, you see writing that says, be home for dinner, mom. <laughs> you would be like, wait, what? Like, what happened? You wouldn't, you wouldn't just automatically assume that, you know, dust and, and gases have come together and created this writing that is on the surface of the moon. No, you would automatically think that someone wrote it probably your mom because she's the one who titled it and that leads to bring us in or that leads us to bring into question this order and this natural sort of way that the universe works and the the awe that we have of the universe and the complexity of it and this intelligence of it leads us to ask well who created the universe because you and i bailey we both know we can't create the stars and the sun so who did? And that we believe to be God. The third part is the ontological argument. And I'll go very quickly with these last two. The third part is the ontological argument, which basically um, begins with the idea that God is a being who is greater than anything we could ever imagine, um, which nothing can be greater than. And since that is his characteristic, his characteristic is all powerful then it is safe to assume that an all-powerful God would have to exist because it is greater to exist than not to exist. And so basically what I mean by that is because we have the universe, it would be greater for God to be all-powerful and all, and all, um, all great to be able to create this. And it would be safe to assume that he is great. And so a greater being would have to exist um that one's a little more confusing the fourth one uh, is one of my favorites um it is the moral 
argument, which basically states that in you and I, we each have this sort of already innate built in sense of right and wrong. You know, we grow up in cultures where our parents sort of tell us, you know, don't walk out in the street without looking both ways or don't steal candy from a candy store or something like that. But in the deepest parts of our heart, we all think about some of the deepest things. And we know in the bottom of our hearts, without anyone having to tell us that cheating on our wives or our husbands are, is wrong or murdering someone that we're close with is, or anyone for that matter, is wrong. And so we all have these innate ideas of what is right and what is wrong. We know what is right to be faithful to our spouses. We know what is wrong to cheat on our spouses. Why? Not because culture tells us, but because it's already innately created inside of us. And that, that sense of right and wrong comes from the existence of God. In fact, the existence of God can only explain that moral sense of right and wrong. Because if the universe comes from nothing, again, might I add, that if the universe comes from nothing, then we can't have a sense of right and wrong. Because the universe can't give us that. Gases and dust and particles can't give us an, an innate idea of what is right and wrong. There is no moral standard for anything in the universe. Should there not be an ultimate good? Because only with the presence of good can you have this sort of idea that evil is bad. Without the ultimate good, evil is just evil and there is no good in this world. It's just all it just is what it is. Um, and so the existence of God ultimately explains why each, uh, each of you and I have these sort of innate ideas of what is right and what is wrong. So those are a few things I would say about, um, about why I think God exists and sort of a logical um, reasoning behind that. And two, I might also add to go into it, sort of my own, what I've, observed in my own you know life throughout the past few years is this idea that everything the bible says stands true um in fact if god exists and what he says is true and he doesn't lie to us then we would expect to see that his words about living in a sinful world and ultimately being apart from him because we're imperfect people and because we're selfish and because we have impurities and iniquities in our lives and we, we do wrong things, because of that, we would expect to see sort of a rift and we would expect to see, you know, people who um, believe in God to be different because if God is all good and he's all loving then he is ultimately changing people's hearts. And then those who do not believe in God, we would expect to see um, sort of a, you know, sinful way of living in their lives. Should God exist? Should, should what he say be right? And I believe it is. Um, because when we look around us, you notice that when people do not believe in God, sure, they can do, quote unquote, good things, supposedly, as good as, as it can get, I guess. But ultimately... They're living for themselves. They're living for this world. They're living for money, for power, for selfish ambitions, for, for all of these things, for self-gratification and, and self-glorification and all of these things. And the people who we see believing that, that say they believe in God are ultimately living for things above themselves, greater than themselves. And it all goes back to the glory of God, which I'll get into later, but but they're living for something greater and their hearts are being changed throughout life, even though they are imperfect, even though they do make mistakes, they are still being changed. And we, and we see this happening in our life and in, in our world amongst everyone. Um, and so that's, that's sort of another example I would give of in my own life of just how, what I've observed. I wanted to give you guys um, a quote by the well-known scientist, Charles Darwin. Um, let me find this real quick for you guys. Basically, you guys, if you guys know Charles Darwin, he is um, 
he is the sort of the founder of the idea of, of microevolution, um, which leads evolution scientists to examine macroevolution. Um, he was an agnostic, meaning he didn't believe in God, but he doesn't know if there's a God or not. And so he just sort of lived his life not believing in God, but not knowing for certain, basically. Um, and, and I want to give you guys a quote that he says that I think encapsulates really well um, this idea of God's existence and, and sort of what we see in a secular mindset of this. Um, he says, I, I may say that the impossibility of conceiving that this grand and wondrous universe with our conscious selves arose through chance seems to me the chief argument for the existence of God. But whether this is an argument of real value, I have never been able to decide. I am aware that if we admit a first cause, the mind still craves to know whence it came from and how it arose. Nor can I overlook the difficulty from the immense amount of suffering through the world. I am also induced to defer to a certain extent to the judgment of many able who have been able who have been fully believed in God. But here again, I see how poor an argument this is. The safest conclusion seems to me to be that the whole subject is beyond the scope of man's intellect. But man can do his duty. And so basically, obviously, though Bailey and I, you know, we don't agree with what he is saying. I think it I think it puts into a full secular picture of there there's nothing that can disprove the existence of God. Um, and then quantifiably so, I suppose there is nothing that can necessarily prove his existence. And so therefore we're at a loss. But what Bailey and I believe, um, as well as Christians, what we believe is is that God is the best explanation. The existence of God is the best explanation for the world in which we live um, and how everything came about. So I wanted to give you guys very quickly in, the, in these last couple minutes um, sort of two different um, scripture evidences for the existence of God. Um, and, and ultimately, we know that scripture automatically assumes the existence of God. It doesn't bring into question, though people who write the Bible doubt, ultimately, because we're all imperfect people, the Bible doesn't ever bring into question the existence of God. It already assumes the existence of God. Um, and so all of us, each of us, have this inner awareness that God um, bears clear witness to the fact that he exists. And in fact, we see it in everything he's created. And this comes from Romans chapter 1, verse 16. For the wrath of God is re- revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. For what can be known about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, namely his internal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that that have been made. So they are without excuse. For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him. So I, I think that that is a wonderful verse to sort of encapsulate how we see ultimately people who are apart from Christ, they are blind to the glory and the evidence for God's existence. And that is by no um, action of their own. In fact, we see in Ephesians 2, well, let me go back here. It is, it is by our actions because we are, are sinful and because we are unrighteous, but is actually because God allows us and allows this sin and gives us over to the impurities and the, the iniquities of our heart, um, sort of in his own, you know, ultimately knowledge of the universe and how it works. Um, and so it's sort of a paradox um, we see, but ultimately every person has an inner sense of God's existence. And this is basically what I'm getting at is that we, since we all have this inner sense that God exists because we see it in creation and in our own lives and in our own hearts, we can ignore it or we could listen to it. Um, and I would argue that most people, Bailey, ignore it in our world today. Um, and, and that's how I would finish sort of, of my argument for the existence of God. Um, so yeah, that's, Bailey, what, what, what do you think about that? 
Yeah, I, I'd certainly agree um, that a lot of of people do kind of uh, shy away from um, you know admitting that there is a, a God, there is a you know intelligent being that has created us, um, and and the Bible kind of speaks uh, some about that as well. Um, you know, in Psalm fourteen one. Says the fool says in his heart, there is no God. Um, and then again, uh, it says um, uh, in Psalm 10 4 hmm. that in the pride of his face, the wicked does not seek him, uh, him meaning God. Uh, and all his thoughts are, there is no God. And now these passages, they. I just kind of want to clear something up, like, you know, if if you're listening and you aren't a believer and stuff, like, don't get mad yet, let me explain this. Uh, <laughs> these, these passages aren't talking about a lack of intellectual ability. Like, they're not saying that you're stupid if you don't believe in a God. But rather, they're saying there's a lack of moral moral orientation kind of what Drew was talking about earlier um, and now what this means is these people um, that that deny the existence of God are stubborn, stubbornly rejecting wisdom um, and we know that it, it, basically that, that verse that um, you were talking about uh, Romans 18 um, and 19, I believe. Yeah, Romans 1. And, uh, yeah, yeah, my bad. Romans 1, um, 18 through uh, 20. I'd, I'd just like to uh, just read it again. Um, and it's, what can be known about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them for his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made so that they are without excuse. Now that's verses 19 and 20. And so I, I just kind of re repeated that because I, I want to, I can't freaking talk. I want to emphasize two different things. Uh, the first is that it says that what can be known about God is plain to them. And, and the first thing that I thought of whenever I was reading this uh, is just our bodies. Um, you know, I was talking a lot about it before and stuff, but, like, we are made by an intelligent being. We are beautiful creations, whether you think it or not. And, like, it's, it's amazing to just see whenever I look in the mirror and whenever you look in the mirror, like, we are beautiful creations. And, um, you know, it also says that God has just uh, made, uh, where is it? Um, he's shown it to them. For his invisible attributes uh, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made. And, you know, obviously kind of going back to that, like we have been made by God. And we're kind of blind to the reality that he is real because our bodies are plain to us. Like we don't, we don't see our bodies in, in, in the mirror and just be like, oh, wow, like my body's like sophisticated and stuff because we've, we've grown up our whole lives in, in our own bodies and, you know, just going on normal days and stuff like that like it's become plain to us yeah and so um absolutely you know, and i wanted to to add for just a quick second what what of what you just said go off of what you just said to go back a little earlier you know it's important to i think for listeners to know for you guys out there to know here that evidence and the and and proof of the existence of god isn't and our belief in god ultimately is not based on just some blind hope 
apart from, you know, any sort of evidence. And in fact, the, the evidence for God is clear to us throughout nature and scripture. And ultimately, it, it, how do we choose to respond to that um, will ultimately lead us to ignoring that evidence um, or accepting that evidence, um, that which can only come through God opening our eyes to see the evidence he has given to us and to see his glory and who he is. And that can only come through, you know, basically getting on our knees and praying and asking God to show us who he is and who he says he is. And, and like John tells us, he will, when we seek, he will, he will let himself be made known as a promise given to us by him. So I wanted to quickly add that. I'm sorry, Bailey, you can, you can keep going. No, it's all good, man. Um, you know, I just kind of wanted to say that kind of going back to the fool says in his heart, there is no God, uh, Psalm 14, one, um, there's at least in my life, there's a lot of times where like, well, I've pretty much always known that there is a God, but knowing that there is a God and accepting that fact and viewing it as something of importance is, is a total different, uh, they're on total different levels. Um, and, and what I mean by this is, uh, in my own life, um, you know, I just kind of always known that there is a God and stuff. And I grew up in Sunday church and, um, stuff like that, but I didn't really understand the, the the importance of God um, and, and not only knowing his existence um, and ex- accepting his ex- existence but believing that it's true and, and you know just following it as holding it as true <laughs> above all else um, and, and I know this is kind of going down a rabbit hole and I'm, I'm sorry because I, I knew that I'd was probably going to do this, but, um, you know, I, I think of something that a verse that has haunted me, um, well, a passage rather that has haunted me, um, uh, just all year. Um, it's Matthew seven, um, verse verses 21 through 23. And what it says is, um, not everyone, this is Jesus talking by the way. Uh, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? And I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. And it, it just, it just, it pains me to read that because it's, it's like if you think about it, like, this very possibly has already happened um, and it, it will happen in, in the future as well. And, and these are real people um, around us that are, that are talking to Jesus and, and they know that Jesus is a savior and they know that there is a God, yet they're turned away from heaven. And huh. this is a very very haunting reality that that we're faced with that if, mm-hmm. if jesus is who he says he is and if there is a god and jesus is the son of god which i know that we haven't covered that yet but we will um later in the podcast or whatever but um if jesus who is who he says he is and he's saying that he will turn people away that knows that he is a savior there must be something else that he's looking for and what I notice is this this person or these people, they say things that they've done, um, and hmm. you know they they don't talk about like Jesus says, "I never knew you," and it, it just it those words haunt me, um, and so I think that this is kind of a way that we could um, set up. The, the next uh, the next podcast is um, you know 
okay, well, if God does exist, why, why should we care about what he says? Mm-hmm. Um, and if, if these words are true, which I believe they are, then there's something that we are missing. There's, there's nothing that we can do. Um, you know, I don't think it gets much better than, you know, prophesying in his name and cat demons and doing mighty works. Like those are all good things, but yet they're turned away. And so, um, we'll, we'll cover that, um, in the next podcast and stuff. Um, I just kind of wanted to wrap it up because we're taking a kind of long time and stuff and I <laughs> didn't really think we'd take this long. Um, and we've also got a couple other things too. Um, which Drew, I, I I know that um, you wanted to do a little bit something else at the yeah. at the end of the podcast. So why don't you kind of explain that? Yeah, absolutely. So I, I basically wanted to make it fun for you guys out there um, and interactive. And so first, first, might I say, um, Bailey and I are here for you guys, and we are here to answer your questions as best as we can. We are not scholars we do not claim to know every answer in the universe that is for certain um but we do love to study these things we do love to talk about these things very deeply and so if you guys have any questions um you listeners out there about like ideas for more podcasts or or topics for that um for something else about questions you've had in your own life please reach out to us and let us know what those questions are we'll we'll drop our emails to you guys at the end of this podcast um but to make this fun um i i have two questions for us i'm going to ask um bailey's going to ask me a question and i'm going to spend right around 30 seconds to a minute answering it very quickly and then um i'm going to ask bailey a question and he's going to spend right around 30 seconds to a minute answering these questions um and both of these questions are extremely important and both of these questions are questions um both believers and non-believers in God have have had in their lifetime and have been um, uh, shown in the lifetime. And so I, I, if you haven't been shown this, I want to um, sort of be able to explain these uh, two things to you guys. Um, so Bailey, why don't you, why don't you start us off and, and ask the first question and then I'll, at the end, I'll follow up and then ask you the questions and then we'll, we'll end there. Certainly. Um, so the question is, if God is all good and all loving, why did he create an imperfect world? Hmm. Um, the best way that I have been able to articulate this question in my very young age, um, I've heard this question many times. Um, ultimately, it can be summed up in one sentence. Um, the reason evil exists in this world is ultimately to glorify God. Now, we know that evil exists because of the fall we see in Genesis chapter 3. Um, but where it comes from, scholars do not know. We, we don't know. But what we do know is that God rightfully um, asked us to to follow him and we are we are created to glorify him and so everything that happens in our world both good and bad is all for the glory of god um and, and that is the best way that i can can sum it up very quickly so bailey the question i have for you here is um is a word we're both familiar with um some listeners out there might not have ever heard it before um and that question is what is the gospel? Nice, nice. Um, so basically, um, the gospel is basic. Okay, so I'm just going to explain the whole Bible um, in a minute. Um, <laughs> so basically, God created the world. God created everything that we see around us. And after he created people, Adam, and, well, Adam, he said that it is very good. Um, and then sin entered into the world, um, whenever the, the devil, Satan tempted Adam and Eve and they ate of the fruit on the tree 
um, and they were kicked out of the, the garden, and it, they were separated from God. Um, and God said, before they ate the apple, they said, he said that if you eat of this fruit, you will surely die. And, and obviously they did not die a physical death um, because they were kicked out of the garden, but they, were, uh, they died a spiritual death because they were in unity with God and, and living in harmony with him. Um, and then they were separated from him. And so due to this, the sin um, that is created, uh, that is kind of entered into the world, um, Romans has a lot of stuff on it. And it says, all have fallen short, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And it also says, um, in, in, still in Romans, that for the wages of sin is death. And basically, looking at God's Ten Commandments, um, if we examine our life to those things, we will very quickly find that, wow, we've broken God's laws. And in doing so, we have earned for ourselves a spiritual death. We have separated ourselves from Him. Um, and so for this, uh, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. God has given us a free gift out of His loving and, and graceful nature um, in, this, in, the, in the gift of His Son. Um, for all those those that repent and believe that he is he is our savior um and and jesus has lived the perfect life uh that we have been called to live he has not broken any of the ten commandments um and he has borne he's bore the wrath of of god on the cross for our sin um which is why he says it is finished whenever he dies which is it's very very weird words to to say as you're dying but because of Jesus' sacrifice, those that, as I said earlier, repent, and which means to turn from their sin and follow Jesus, which doesn't mean that you'll be perfect, but if you look at Peter um, denying Christ, uh, just the brokenness of that realization that, wow, he's denied the Savior. Uh, it, it, it's a brokenness over sin. Um and, and it's a relationship with Jesus. Um, and I, I could go into much more and stuff like that, but that's kind of the, the general uh, summary of the gospel, which is we uh, are, are undeserving of, of God's love and, and grace, and we are deserving of eternal punishment. Yet through Christ, we can, we, we have a way to, get into the presence of God and spend eternity with him. Hmm. That's good. That's good. All right. Well, uh, I think we've reached the end of this section. Um, as Bailey said in the beginning, our question that we are attempting to answer here in this two part podcast is does God exist? And if so, why should we care? Um, so this, hopefully in this podcast, we've been able to explain a little bit about why, you know, Bailey and I both believe God exists. And, and then the next one, we will talk about um, why we should care that God exists. Um, so thank you guys for joining. Like I said, we'll drop our, our emails. Um, my email is NovaHawk31. Again, NovaHawk31. That's all, lower uh, all lowercase and then at gmail.com. Um, Bailey, what you got? Yeah, uh, mine, mine's uh, Bailey Steelers, like the football team. Go, go Steelers. Um, at yahoo.com. Um, and so, uh, again, I'd just you know, like to say thank you guys um, for, for listening to us. And um, if you are, are kind of curious about um, just kind of the things that we've said and um, just kind of who this Jesus person is, uh, I'd, I'd recommend highly that you just check out John, the Gospel of John, um, and, and read through some of that. And Jesus reveals a lot about uh, himself and his, his nature. And just says a lot of things that are, are very um, just good to think about and, and 
good to, to know. Um, and, and we could kind of cover some of that uh, in this next podcast. But um, again, I'd just like to thank you guys. Uh, and we out. See you guys.